0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy
1: the show. I'm
0: a nerd, he's a nerd, welcome to the Nerd Show. Podcast Radio. She's a nerd, he's a nerd, talking about what we
2: know. Nerd podcast Radio. They're all nerds, we're all nerds. Buckle up, cause here we go.
3: Nerd podcast Radio.
2: Welcome everybody to the Nerd Podcast Radio. Welcome everybody to the Nerd Podcast radio
0: welcome to nerd podcast radio your nerd home away from home welcome to nerd podcast radio i'm your host today super and brian and i am joined by a crowd so first off we have Kersey smurf erica
3: hola
0: hindu anthony
4: what's up buttercup
0: david theobald the third hello nurse and we are joined by our special special guest fantasy cartographer anna meyer welcome anna thank you Uh, for those who don't know who you are anna please give a quick introduction introduction (laughs) introduction
2: Well, I'm I'm a a Swede who moved to California nine years ago and and took my
0: hobby making fantasy maps into doing it full time. Oh my goodness, that is such a I mean, Anna is one of the coolest people in the world. That's that's the introduction I'm giving her.
3: I <laughs> have you. to agree. I I third that.
4: <laughs> Thank you. I will forth that.
0: <laughs> um, Anna, we have known each other for almost uh, like nine more than eight years now. Yeah. Yeah. We have known each other for nine years now Mm -hmm. and you impress me more and more every single year. Thank you. And that goes for everyone on this podcast. Wow. Yeah. You all impress me more and more every year, which is fitting because it Mm -hmm. as of this recording, it is January 4th, 2020. So we are going to be reviewing
1: 2019 this is our annual tradition we are doing our annual nerdy year in review so what you're saying is is this is nerd podcast radio and it's 2020 (laughs)
0: yes we are looking at 2019 with 2020 vision
4: (laughs) oh perfect would would you guys believe me that at the stroke of midnight so like a few seconds before i took my glasses off and then i put them on and i was like i can see 2020 now Uh, oh i i totally believe you did that (laughs) all alone in my room because leslie fell asleep i I was gonna say i just i just just, just made the dad joke to myself
1: i was gonna say leslie slapped you upside the head
4: right (laughs) oh she would have if she was awake oh
0: that's good i want to let everyone know i made that joke about 19 times at work on the second (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> oh. I even made it where someone some, I made it to someone who said I heard you tell someone else <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh man this just so, um,
0: happen all year <laughs> we're going to talk about 2019 but first
3: but first we're going to play everybody's favorite game what's nerdy with you where everybody talks about the nerdiest thing they've done Done in the last few weeks. And then we're going to vote using the patented Mike Myler widget system.
0: And we could could change this game up a a bit. What do you want to do? Talk about the nerdiest thing we did in 2019. Ooh. I mean, I'd have to vamp for a little
1: bit. So everybody has a chance to think about that. Wait, the nerdiest thing we did. Well, we've got the, we've got the special edition 2020 celebration widgets. We can, I mean,
0: if everyone's already prepped, we can do the nerdiest thing in the last few weeks and then make that part of the topic and do the nerdiest thing we did in 2020 because I have that on my list. Yeah, that works better. Okay. Um, well, Anna, as our guest, you get to go first. What's the nerdiest thing you've done in the last few weeks?
2: Well, I haven't done much more than sitting at home working on two different map projects that I think are kind of nerdy. One is for Cobalt Press that I can't share the details about yet, but it's, it's been going on for like a year. And then I have another one for a company called Gryffindor Games. That's another. It's, a, it's called Kingdom of Lothmar. It's a fantasy setting that is going to be kickstarted fairly soon, I think. So I'm mapping that one. So those are the two big things that way. But I've also done my own prepping for my own upcoming campaigns. So that's basically what I've been doing in Nerdy wise the last couple of weeks. Is your upcoming campaign based in Greyhawk? Of course. What year? Uh, 598. Uh, late 5, well, mid 598. Yep. Um, didn't you recently complete your classic year, map? Yes. Mm-hmm. What yep. year is that? 576.
0: And the Greyhawk community is really excited about that.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. I released it to my patrons like uh, three weeks ago. And I've done a, a follow-up that I released a couple of days ago. So that's kind um, of a I'm going to get a little yeah. bit
0: of growling and barking in the background because Archie um, – Heather had to leave for an appointment. So Archie is in here locked in the room with me while podcasting. So he's like, attention, 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 attention. <laughs> Um for listeners who don't know, Archie is my new donkey who will be coming up during our discussion of twenty nineteen because he is one of our twenty nineteen editions. That's Yay. the cutest puppy ever. Hi, Archie. And he is currently laying on his back on my lap trying to chew up my headphone cable. Oh, that's not good. Um, but you know, he you know, I, I I think he's trying to tell me something. I think he jumped up on my lap and he's like, It's Erica's turn. That's what he oh, was
3: saying. Oh, is it Erica's turn? Okay. Um. So the twenty, uh, the nerdiest thing I've done in the last few weeks is I got to ride Rise of Skywalker, or not Rise of Resistance, not Rise of Skywalker, Rise mm. of the Resistance.
0: I hate you. Can you give us a little bit of like a non for people? Because I know we're gonna have listeners who really want to do that and they don't want spoilers. Because I yeah. know it's coming. It's coming to California soon. So there's gonna be a lot of California people that are gonna be doing it. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. E- um What are some things you can tell us about it without spoiling much?
3: Um, Well, if you want to ride it, you better get there when the park opens, Um, whichever park it is, because they do things called boarding passes. And it's basically groups of people. So uh, you can't pre-register unless you're in the park. And we got to the park at 645, walked in once we got through security at 705. And at 7.15, there were no more boarding passes for the day.
1: That sounds about
3: right. So (laughs) my advice is if you want to ride it, you better end up spending the whole day there. Because even though we got our boarding passes as soon as the park opened, we actually didn't get to ride it until uh, 3.45 that afternoon. So um, with that said, it was absolutely worth the wait. It was worth getting up early in the morning. It is, um, without ruining anything, it is a 20 minute ride that's broken up into like three different sections. It's completely immersive and probably the best ride that I've ever been on in my life as far as being immersed in something because you have themed rides, right? Like, you know, like Splash Mountain and, and, you know, all the different rides at Disney are themed in some way. But this is the first time I didn't feel like I was riding a ride that was themed, but was in a theme that also had a ride. So it was very, very cool. Lasted a long time. Um, it, it, I mean, it was really probably the best ride I've ever been on because of that. And maybe that's the nerd in me. I don't think anybody who's not a big Star Wars fan would appreciate all the detail that they put into it. Um, if you're just a casual roller coaster person and you just go to theme parks to ride roller coasters, don't waste your time. If you are a fan of Star Wars in any way, shape or form, make a point to get there. But, uh, yeah, so my nerdy thing was I got to ride a ride that, uh, not a lot of people have gotten to ride because it's only been open like three weeks. So, and, and you Star did Wars. that
0: at Disney world,
3: Disney world. Yes.
0: Because the. The California one, the Disneyland one was delayed because Disneyland was supposed to open first. And when they were developing the one in Disney World, they found a fault and mm-hmm. Disneyland had to redo Five Floors.
3: Yeah.
0: So oh, Disneyland uh, is a little bit delayed.
3: Yeah, so. So. But it was worth it and it was great. Anthony, what about you? What was the nerdiest thing you've done recently?
4: Okay, so I'm trying to decide if it's my playing video games, Fallout New Vegas, or if it's my, my tweet that went viral without me expecting it to go to viral. Not tweet, but comment. What, what do you guys think is the more nerdy thing? <laughs>
3: Probably your comment.
4: Okay, so I made a comment on a pro-socialist Facebook page, and it is now spreading my fucking wildfire. <laughs> so like it reached twitter and reddit and instagram i'm noticing friends now that like aren't wow. in the same groups as me sharing it now and i'm like oh oh hello That's i'm awesome. getting i'm getting random people messaging me and sending me friend requests because they're like hey i like to think i was like oh oh boy this is growing out of control <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're part of the resistance I- now. you realize
0: that right <laughs>
4: It, I it think was a. a
3: great
0: without yeah. getting too political, it was a commentary on how microtransactions kind of ruin video games, and yeah, how I,
4: I I could say it where it'll stick with the nature of the comment, but not getting too political. Yeah, it, it was a comment of how um, certain aspects or certain negative qualities of capitalism hurt gaming. There.
2: That's a very interesting thing. That is, I think it, that that's nerdy politics in a way. Yeah.
4: Yes. So, uh, uh, if if we want, we could discuss this in a later episode for for Patreons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that was probably the nerdiest thing I did, and it wasn't even something I was meaning to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was not trying to make a viral message. Wow.
3: Which I think means, I mean, to me, it means clearly your statement was. Concise and clear and powerful enough that it, that people got behind it. So you hit you hit a nerve.
4: Yeah, I mean, it missed a little. It, it was lacking some nuance, so I've had to like kind of um, correct some things in some groups um, because it does lack a little bit of nuance. But otherwise, I, I stand fully behind like ninety nine percent of the message.
2: But to be serious for a second, to lack nuance is what needs. To be you, a message can't be nuanced then you would never cut through the the
4: haze of of all the the media storm so to speak you you oh. need to be blunt oh yeah no no for yeah. sure yeah you yep. can, a, a nuanced message won't go viral ever
2: yep exactly so you need something yep.
4: that's not very nuanced and then people and then it'll hit people in the face and then you yep. can come in afterwards and and mm-hmm. then you can send you yep. can send the nuance in
3: yep yeah
4: so how about you, David Theobald III? What's the nerdiest thing you
1: do? Oh, I am next, aren't I? Well,
4: let's see. Um,
1: I well, let's uh, to get the truly nerdy out of the way. I started playing Fortnite not too long ago. Oh, what oh. the fuck! It's actually a lot That's of fun. That's a good one. That's <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. good one I I play. I play it on my computer, and because of the cross-platform and everything, no matter what you play it on, y'all join the same servers so my friend Grant got me playing it because he plays on his Switch so I play on my computer and it's a lot of fun, my girlfriend's uh, uh, son plays it, so I've gotten to play with him and it was nice, and then uh, an addendum, or a close runner up for me uh, yesterday was actually my one year anniversary of my girlfriend so.
4: <gasps> Oh, <that's> so <laughs> amazing Yay
0: Okay, so. I'm going to note that the nerdy thing here is that Fortnite was a runner up to your anniversary <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right,
1: fair enough.
4: <laughs> I don't think she listens. So hey, <laughs> so so it's kind of wild because like you guys all know I work with preschool kids, and you know how insane the number it, of like preschool kids, like I'm talking five and under, that play Fortnite. Oh yeah, it's a lot. What? It's okay. a lot.
1: Well, I know. Well, I I know why the game what? the game itself. The The gameplay is very, very easy to get into, and the graphics for it are just cartoony enough to keep the kids, you know, with the dance moves and the, the wacky stuff that you can do, and and, and with all the, the skins and the, the the white, like, one of the skins available right now is you can play as an anthropomorphic polar bear. <laughs>
4: And, and my biggest problem with it really isn't even like the blood and gore. Because I mean, I was five and I played on my Nintendo and I played some violent games. There isn't any blood or target.
1: gore. It's actually very fairly tame. Oh,
4: see, that's good. That's good. Someone to know.
1: gets hurt, they explode into everything they were carrying, and their body disintegrates into oh. the light. That it, everyone is like beamed in at the start. And then at the end, when you die, you get beamed back out. you, that's oh, see, how you die. That's there really isn't any gore or anything. It's actually quite tame for a game about shooting and killing random people. <laughs> As an educational
0: employee myself, I want to let everyone know that if there is ever a hacker attack on Fortnite that tries to take down the game, like they're just like trying to take the game down, it's probably performed by teachers. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, no, seriously. you know one of the most common conversations between teachers and my work is oh my god Fortnite! we need to get rid of this oh my goodness oh it's the worst i hate it i hate it because it's all kids want to talk about it's like insane well yeah. i don't let it amelia is, play Fortnite. well fortunately she has
1: decided she hates it which yeah. helps she does not seem to like it which is good
3: uh,
0: yeah. The main thing I love then, is
1: just the cross-platform bit. That's that's awesome because uh, part of the problem I have with friends of mine in other states is we don't all play the same system. So now that it's yeah. the I can play on my computer and my other friend can be on his PlayStation, my other friend can be on his Switch. We're all playing oh, the same game. That's, that's kind of cool. cool. I
0: I hope and you know extra. I hope you know Erica that you have you have raised a hipster. she has when we had her on the podcast she spent a lot of her time talking about how she prides herself on liking things that other people don't and she hates the things everyone likes
3: i don't know how that happened
1: (laughs) (laughs) i Um, I, I was surprised she didn't ask for avocado toast at some point
3: (laughs) (laughs) we don't eat avocado toast uh so i i don't i don't fucking know oh she will just wait no, she, no, you're right. And, and she does stuff like that all the time. Like, uh, I'll say something and she'll be like, well, uh, I think that's dumb. Those people are dumb. And I'll be like, why do you think those people are dumb? And like, we had to have an entire conversation about how just because somebody makes different choices than you, does that mean they're dumb?
0: It's and, funny because I've heard you say that same thing. I think that's dumb. Those people are dumb. So I wonder where she got it from. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm. i do not say that
1: everybody else you want to vote in here does erica say that <laughs> so is that a uh is that a case of a fruit doesn't fall far from the tree <laughs> yeah i think so
0: i you know i think i'm gonna make us a, a, a pot a, a super cut on the podcast of erica talking about something stupid
3: stupid and there are lots of stupid people But I'm talking about like, okay, so Amelia is very, and I'm sorry, we're tangenting on this, but I've got to say this.
0: (laughs) It's okay. Okay. I never get to share my nerdy thing.
3: (laughs) 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 Like Amelia is very much, and I don't know where she gets this from or anything like that. She's very much like, if you drink alcohol, you're dumb and bars are dumb and bars shouldn't exist and et cetera, et cetera. And I have had to explain to her that you can't make choices for people. Like she'll see somebody vaping. And I know Brian, this hits you clear. She'll, she'll see somebody vaping. She'll be like, they're hurting their body. They're an idiot. I don't know why they're doing that. And it's, it's stuff like that where I'm like, there doesn't just because they do one thing or they make one choice. It's their choice does not mean they're an idiot. Now, if, there's a difference between stupid people and ignorant people. And if somebody's ignorant of something, it's not necessarily the same as them being stupid about something. So
0: Does she know I vape? Because I've I haven't done a pretty good job of hiding it. I'm I'm sure I've been caught.
3: She knows you vape. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I I think that I've earned enough respect in other things mm-hmm. that I'm an exception.
3: Yeah. No. No, she still says that it's stupid. Yeah, I know. I understand that, but I don't
0: think she thinks I'm dumb. Mm -hmm. Just probably dumb for doing that.
3: (laughs) Exactly. And that's the thing is if it's somebody she doesn't know, they're just dumb and she doesn't want to talk to them. If it's somebody she does know, then they're just doing a dumb thing. And I'm trying to get her to understand that there's so many different aspects of people that you can't be like that. But no, I know I've raised a hipster and she's very much like, if it's not ND and nobody else knows about it, then... It's not cool, which has nothing to do with she hates Fortnite. She hates Fortnite because Fortnite came out and everybody started playing it. And she was like, Mom, I want to play on, play Fortnite. And I was like, I haven't played it yet, which means you don't get to play it yet. And that's the rule in the house because I'm not going to green light a video game for her that I don't know anything about because there's lots of like predators and shit on, you know, if the video game has chats and things. So I'm very, I'm very much against that sort of thing. So, um, so she got on without telling me because Chris downloaded it, but he hadn't played it yet either. And she saw it on there. So she just got on there. And I, after I had specifically told her she couldn't play Fortnite, uh, until I played it. And then I found out she got on there. So then I was like, well, now you never get to play Fortnite. So congratulations. Uh-huh. So she decided since she can't be a part of something, she's going to hate the thing.
0: So That that's makes my- a lot of sense. I mean, that's mm. a natural response. Yeah. So I guess we're doing voting now because I don't get to go. No,
3: Brian. Yes. I,
0: <laughs> yeah, Brian, what's nerdy with you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Come on, Brian. I, I got completely derailed. Um, so um, ah. I, I kind of tempted to talk about my, my periodic trying to blow vaporings because I do that about once a week. Um, no, um, I have a dog that is literally grabbing my hand and trying to pull it away because he doesn't want me to do this right now. Here, come here, come here, buddy. You can sit in my lap. Um, my nerdy thing, um, what, so my gaming group has been, they've been doing some unexpected stuff. I did some very light prep because I didn't know what they were going to do and they got themselves transported across the. To a different hemisphere of the planet. Uh, can everybody hear me? Did I lose everybody? No, no, no you're good. Just- I can oh, okay, hear you. Uh, I hear so you it's fine, buddy. My nerdy thing has been prepping the city of Quantium and Nax for Pathfinder because there is no background material. I put this stupid city in my what? campaign, thinking I was gonna have. I was gonna have my huge collection of electronic books as a resource, and I wouldn't have to, you know, it would be easy because that's why I use campaign settings. Um, Apparently, the kingdom of Nex is Eric Mona's baby, and he hasn't written anything for it, so that means nobody writes anything for it. So the information in the books is Nex is a big giant city that is high magic, uh, is a big giant kingdom with high magic, and Quantium is its capital. And it's a very cosmopolitan city that has hanging gardens and open air mazes and a lot of magical and a lot of magical um, um, universities. That's it. So since my party is there. Oh,
4: that's that's annoying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have to do some prep. So I've been prepping. um, They don't listen to this podcast. So I've been prepping a magical university and coming up with this whole microcosm so I don't have to do a whole city. And it has been a lot of work, and I feel stupid for including this city in my campaign, assuming that I had information. So, yeah. I don't
3: think – no, I don't think it's dumb that you assumed you had information because generally when things are are put into a world, somebody has flushed out something. Like, I think you just got this one-off situation.
0: Yeah, it's because um, (sighs) – Eric Mona is a publisher for Paizo, and I guess this is his – creation and he's run some adventures involving it at conventions, but Mm -hmm. other than those special events, there hasn't been anything. There was one Pathfinder Society adventure that involved the kingdom. Um, and you spend most of that adventure in the other, in the other kingdom that's nearby, but really there isn't much. So I like to keep my 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 stuff canon specific i don't want to go too crazy and change the campaign so i'm using the information i have that there are magical universities i invented a magical university which should be fine and the party is pretty much stuck at that magical university there there's a reason that they're not going to be able to leave and Mm. it's a pretty plausible reason so they're not going to feel too railroaded
4: you you want to hear like a pretty stupid railroady thing that a role-playing company put into one of their books so I was listening to this YouTube video, I think it was by WebDM. If you guys haven't heard them, they're pretty cool. Um and they were ranking like the um the D and D uh pre written campaigns and I think it was um to set into Avernus where they they want as part of the story, they want the party to work with like a certain NPC. And like it tells the DM like it gives them like three different options to get them to work with the NPC, And if they don't, the the campaign book literally says, kill the party. And I'm like, that's shit advice. Yeah, I hate it when they railroad that hard. It's and, like. And WebDM and web were like, literally, like, yeah, that's shit advice. Wow, <laughs> like, that's, don't do that. Wow. <laughs> um,
0: I've been in that situation before. And it's like, you see it in Pathfinder Society adventures that aren't written very well that often, where it's like, um,. If they don't do this, they lose the adventure and
1: they don't get any credit. And it's like, what? What? (laughs) And it's usually one of those things that like half the people at the table have never even considered doing.
3: (laughs) I don't know, Brian. Your problem doesn't seem like a problem to me. Because if it were me and I had like three snippets of information about a, a kingdom and I literally get to make up all the other shit. I would just go hog wild, and nobody could tell me it was wrong. Well,
4: well to be I fair,
3: just
0: don't. I, you know what? I prep. I prep for maybe four hours for each game. Wow! And yeah. if I have to prep an entire, I'm I'm not going to say the entire kingdom, but just this capital city, where it's going to take a lot longer than four hours. And
3: I think I'm just a bad DM because what I do when I run into situations like that is I, I, I like plot out like six, seven, maybe 10 specific points that I want, like, you know, that will, will, that'll guide the adventure kind of. And then I just make everything else random. Like I just randomize whatever's going on. So I think you're just a better DM than I am.
2: It's interesting that they railroad using mechanics. I'm I'm running very sandboxy games, so I railroad using in-game things, meaning if the characters are going in the wrong direction, then there's some evil faction of 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 cultists who come out and, and swarm at everybody who's going in that direction. More that kind of that was kind of being harsh. But I put up obstacles that are natural and would occur in the campaign. Rather than putting mechanical things saying that if you don't go, if you go that way, you don't get XP or, or something like that, it's something that happens in world. Yeah, so I, try, I try to keep the characters from from telling them this is the evil wood. Don't go in there because there's like dead bodies everywhere or whatever. So yeah, I
0: don't think the way you do it is bad, GM Erica. Because the last yeah. game I GM'd, I literally I wrote down a four point outline and just said. If the party does this, this can happen, this can happen, this can happen. Yeah. Here's a list of random encounters. If the party does this, improv. That was my prep. Yeah,
3: that's how I prep. Yeah. That, that's literally how I prep.
0: In this specific situation, I wanted it to be a little bit more detailed. In, when I do improv, I tend to run combat combatless games and... I want at the last game we ran there was a there was no combat at all there was one encounter so this particular game I want there to be a little oh, bit more because I know yeah. the party's wanting it because they didn't have any at all last game. And I have to tell every listener that listens to this whatever Ryan does
2: when he runs games are awesome just so you know. Oh, my whether God, Brian, games are great. <laughs> yeah, whether oh, yeah. he's prepped or, or, or he does it um, on the seat of his pants, he's, he's,
0: he's doing it great either way. You know what's really cool is every single person in this room has
4: experienced my GMing.
2: Yes, and mm-hmm. I will experience it again.
4: Like, if there's there. any person that I know personally that I think should, like, oh, host, oh. like, an online RPG game, kind of like, you know, Critical Role style, I think it should be Brian.
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: You know, we can, we can
4: probably I make that happen.
3: I have only met, like, Brian is an amazing GM. I'm with all of you in that. Some of my best campaigns have been with Brian. But I've only met one GM that is better than Brian, and that's Brent Bowser. He is the best GM I have ever had.
0: I, you know what? Brent is GM for me, and I can agree. He's much better. Uh, <laughs> He's a very I, good I, GM. I, yeah, I, I, I
3: have played with him. How- I
0: I I will let everyone know that I there are a few GMs that I consider much better than me. Um, John Compton is a very good GM. He's um, really good. He, yeah. Um, uh, Eric Britton. Yeah. yeah. Eric Britton is the best GM I've I've ever had. Um, and but he's a lot a, a lot of what he does is you know I you know I picked it up and I I do what he does. So you know playing with these people makes me a better GM. Uh, Eric Britton is the only GM I've ever had that could kill the entire party. And we're talking about how awesome it was after (laughs) and having fun. Yeah. So yeah, it, and you know, Anna is an extremely good GM. Anna runs sandbox better than anyone. I know I can't run sandbox. I I get bored. I, it's just, I, 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 I look at the party and go, what do you want to do? And they go, I don't know. And I'm like, I don't know if I can run sandbox. I, I give some freedom. You survived
2: but, in my or, or not or thrived in my sandbox for a couple of years.
0: Yeah. 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 And it was. And um. And then we all died. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I think, feel uh, real still dumb
3: right with now. Me, so, yeah. I feel real dumb right now because I'm not understanding what you mean by sandbox versus like you, when we play Brian.
0: You run very sandboxy, Erica. The way you do sandbox is you prep the world and then the party can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And there may be some story stuff here and there, but you're not really on an adventure. Um, you're kind of making the adventure.
3: Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly how I do. G- yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you, you sandboxy just like me. Yeah. Oh, and right, Anna cool. Anna uses the exploration version of sandbox where yep. she presents you with a map and then you can explore hexes. Oh yeah, and she's prepped what's in those hexes. Mm-hmm. So it's, she, a hex her, might be like a twelve mile area, and yeah. you'll go and you'll go. Let's check this out, and then she'll tell you what's in it because she knows what's in most of them, and the one she doesn't know might have random encounters in them. Yes. And, uh,
1: yeah. Pathfinder yeah. had one adventure path that was very sandboxy, and it was Kingmaker. Yes, it's an awesome one. I really enjoy it. I've played it twice, and I've GM'd it three times. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Sadly, with that campaign, there is a abrupt tone shift after the first book, and a lot of parties aren't ready for it, and I have Uh-oh. found in my experience that after doing a year of kingdom turns, the players that love the kingdom stuff love it, and the players that don't don't want to play anymore. I agree.
3: Yeah. I have not had I haven't played Pathfinder itself in years and, and I've I've only done like homebrew D and D stuff or homebrew Pathfinder stuff because we had a really, it's, it's, it's better now. And I'm probably going to get back into society, but we had a real bad um, shift in our area for Pathfinder where it got really um, negative like it was a lot of negative people and a lot of um I don't know how to put it not just like uh you know people that love the rules and stuff like that it got very um like you're not you're not cool enough or nerdy enough to to be here so then they would start like yeah like if you didn't show up to every single game every week and stuff like that it got it got real negative and so Uh, Chris and I decided that we were done, um, for that. So, but Brent recently took over as, I don't know what level he is, but he's running like Ohio and Indiana and Kentucky now.
1: Oh, wow.
0: So
3: yeah, he's running like three states. And, um, so yeah.
0: So I'm going to ran in the tangents. Cool. Um, we are going to skip voting today. I'm making an executive decision. No, Brian, um, we don't have to vote. Anna wins. Anna wins. <laughs>
4: no. no. Yes. <laughs> yes, Anna. We you we, wins. we voted in chat. You win. All right, all right.
3: I love Anna. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> exactly. I did something was... that nobody else gets to do right now. Exactly. I think Erica's
0: was okay, the coolest because, this because week. Anna thinks Erica should win, Erica wins. Yay. Okay. Perfectly. Yep.
3: <laughs> that's that's very And fair. and I think yep. I think Anna should share it with me so we both win.
1: Okay. Fine, fine. okay. We will I'll, split I'll the it. shipment of special de- <laughs> of special twenty twenty widgets. Yep. Yeah. And That's you will both so re- you will both receive them prohibition style.
0: Okay. So both women up, I
1: am powering up the twenty twenty widgets. Um okay. women
4: beat the men. Hashtag feminism. These <laughs> these
0: widgets these widgets are um It's a crit crit year this year. Yes. Yep. The yep. yeah,
4: I was gonna say these
0: widgets are a critical mass. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I was going to say half of I was going to say half of them, them dance the charleston and the other half uh, spew confetti nonstop good luck with that <laughs>
0: <laughs> I um so um we are talk it is 2020 what? and we are going to be talking about 2009 I want to bring up real quick that it is the last 2020 is the last year of the decade so we will be doing decade in review next year because you don't count from 0
1: you Yeah count I, I don't I don't want to have this argument so I'm not going to
3: <laughs> I agree with Brian even though I'm correcting our uh, outline right now cuz he put 2020 when he wanted to talk about 2019 stuff which I thought I, was funny.
0: I put that as a joke I was literally going to oh, say, did what did you learn about in 2020? <laughs> because it's only been, it's only been three days. And then change it to what did you learn about in 2019? But that's fine.
4: <laughs>
3: Sorry. I, you know, I look at the outline, I correct where you make issues. Yeah. To you be know. fair,
4: we learned a lot about 2020 already. So I it's...
0: have like, I have like 10 bullets written down. I'm sure we're only going to be able to talk about one or two of them. Okay. So, um, Let's start. Ooh, there. Ooh,
3: Brian, I have an idea. Idea. Yeah. Why don't you let whoever's turn it is get to pick which one of those things they want to
0: answer? That would be me because we everyone's going to answer the first question and then it'll be my turn.
3: No, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I think, I think Anna gets, gets to look to at all the questions the question. and then she gets to pick the question she wants to answer. Then we tangent as we do. And then I get to pick. And that way we can get through like five questions.
0: But but only one person gets to answer each question. That sounds fine. Okay. All right. So um, we play What's Nerdy with you on this podcast where we talk about the nerdiest thing we've done in the last few weeks. Anna, what is your favorite nerdy thing you did in 2019? Uh, I'm. There's a
2: number of of really cool things, but one stand if if one I can brag about is that I've played Ten Candles with Jason Bulman at a late night game at PAX Unplugged. That was that was really really cool. Wow!
3: What is Ten that, Candles? It's a horror game.
2: Awesome. It's a horror game that you <gasps> that you yeah you play and you you use a number of these tea candles and 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 it's a horror game and it's a, it's a kind of a collective storytelling. And and you sit down and ev- all the characters are going to die. That's that's part of the plot, so to speak. And you know it's going to go, to, literally going to go to hell. And the whole purpose of the game is to keep the narrative with among the players and make sure, because the, the the game master's job is to run you to hell, literally, so to speak. Wow! And, and it's 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 awesome. And with a master game master like Jason Bowman, it was it was it was real, it fantastic game experience absolutely awesome and, and and all the players too it was the sirenscape crew and 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 a couple of others so so there was like uh, game designers and people who, who people who love to game and were really good at it all of us were and and it was fantastic it was kind of a, a sci-fi horror story so to speak you can play it with various different themes i i have the book afterwards so i've read the rules too and there's a lot of cool twists and and i should not spoil any any of them but it's it's a game you should really try and it's one of these late night party games kind of thing it takes about three hours that was probably one of my oh my god wow that sounds amazing yep that was that was a lot of fun
0: it sounds like a fun game
2: I, well, it's fun, but it's also horrifying in 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 a way. So, and I don't like horror movies, but this game really struck a nerve with me. That it was
0: fun. It's it's a lot of fun. You feel like you you really have to to contribute to the story. As you know, Erica said at the end of every question, we have to have a tangent. So, I'm gonna ask you, Anna, have you played Dread? And nope. Dread is a horror game where the decision making part of the role playing game is not dice instead it is a jenga tower <laughs> and ah, every mm-hmm. time you do anything in the game the storyteller decides how many bricks of the jenga tower you move depending on what the peril of it is yeah if the jenga tower falls you're dead mm-hmm. in
2: 10 candles you 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 simply the, the gm just can like blows out a candle and then it gets worse and, and more and more difficult, the less candles
0: there, the less hope is there, so to speak. It sounds uh, like okay. Ten Candles focuses on building tension, but it also requires some storytelling talent, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Jason Buhlman would have done a good job because he's really good at building Pearl. If for people who don't know who Jason Buhlman is, he is the head game designer for Paizo. Yep. He, he, his name is on all the books. All the rules books. Yep. Mm. Um, so, Anna, going on this new format, you can ask a, tw- a question about 2019 to Erica. What would you like to ask Erica about her on 2019? Like something nerdy, obviously, but yeah.
2: I want to – I'm so curious because I found Erica has another, is another gamer who runs Sandboxy. So, so then I need to ask you, Erica, do you run, have you made up your own world or do you simply, like me, adopt a setting?
3: Uh, I usually just adopt settings. Mm-hmm. I've always thought about making up my own world, but yeah. then I just don't think that I'm talented enough to be able to do it. Like Because I'm a, I'm a story person. Like yeah. Anybody that knows me knows that you can tell me a story and i will remember the details of that story that you told me yeah. 10 years later wow what i won't remember is i won't remember the names in the story
1: yep that's very so, I have, like me too i have no yeah. problem the same yeah. as do i
3: <laughs> so i'm a context person mm-hmm. so whenever i think about like building my own world i always think about i would want this and i would want this and i would want this but then, when it got down to like the mechanics or like what we would like, you know, like how the lore would be named to move, or you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Once mm-hmm. it gets into that, yeah. I'm like, I can tell you what the story looks like, but I can't tell you how it would work. Yeah. Like, do I you would tend to stick to do more to
0: like that. Forgotten Realms.
3: Me, yes, I do. And I think that's a comfort level because I spent most of my. Uh, you know, gaming experience in Forgotten Realms. Um, You've also read a lot of
0: R.A. Salvatore? I have
3: a lot. And um, I've done stuff in like, you know, Greyhawk. And one of my favorite things we did was in Ravenloft and stuff like that. But, But mostly Forgotten Realms is where I feel like, like I already know enough of the lore that I could just start creating a game on the fly at any point just Mm -hmm. you know throw and i love maps and i think this is why i'm so in awe of you anna because (laughs) i am a map person i don't get lost ever in the real world or Mm -hmm. in a fantasy world i look at a map and i almost almost memorize it yep where it just everything makes sense to me when i look at a map
2: i wish i could do that
4: i get lost (laughs) Way too easy.
2: Well, Erica, yeah, yeah, we're your sisters in that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you the whole time. And one of the reasons that I've had an adopted world, meaning I've taken on Greyhawk rather than than come up with my own, is that, and now I'm, I'm kind of cynical. Is that it's a lot easier to criticize someone than it is to do it yourself. So, so it's like I take. Gary Gygax and all the other ones who have written it and say oh that's wrong I, I it should be this way then, then I, can, <laughs> I can get to correct them so to speak and feel good that's one of them and being a little bit lazy and the other one is probably I started gaming in Greyhawk before I knew how to construct a world or I didn't know much about the real world now mm-hmm. I know way more about the real world and I use that knowledge to to tweak my fantasy settings so to speak or the the one my adopted setting Greyhawk
0: I and love I, how I, Anna derailed the 12 20- 2019 discussion and made it about tabletop gaming i love you anna you're wonderful <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. yes.
3: well i i have to say that this this is great Anna. this is the first time i mean we've talked outside of the podcast mm-hmm. but this is the first time you and i have actually actually talked on a podcast yeah it's the first one we've been on together and um and the more the more you say the more i go oh my god that's just like me because you're yeah. talking about like criticizing what people have written and this is why i i really love homebrew games is and nothing against pathfinder society or anything like that is because i look at stuff and i go that's dumb why would you do it that way why would you say it that way that take to me that takes away like it it takes away like the gravitas of of what you're trying to say in this story so i'm going to change it (laughs) so yeah so I do that in my homebrew games all the time. I'm like, nah, that's dumb. We're gonna do this.
4: So. I mean, that's a good idea though for a DM. Like really, if you see like a thing that you're like, that's dumb, you really should change it. Yeah. Yep. That's just good DMing. Yeah. So
3: Erica, yeah. what would you like to ask Anthony? Ooh, Anthony. Hmm. Let me see. So I want to know, Anthony, what was the best... See, I think that I kind of like this question. What was the most interesting thing that happened in pop culture this year that you relate to? I'm changing the Last question. Last year. Last year.
4: <laughs> the most interesting? <laughs> the mm.
3: Interesting thing that happened in pop culture. Because you're very much like me. You have your pulse on what's going on in the world around you.
4: Um, Man, this is a hard one because... I, I was I was I was preparing for like what's the nerdiest thing I did and now you're like changing the question I'm like god damn it Um <laughs> um oh you know what I think is probably the most interesting was um I I, I would probably say like mostly like a lot of uh, Elon Musk uh you know and his whole making his truck thing Okay you know what I I seen I'm I I've seen the picture but that's all I know Oh, it's such a it's such a shitty design. Um, <laughs> I, I think it looks <laughs> god awful. Um, well, the reasons why I think it's so interesting isn't really that like, ooh, it was such a big thing. Like they made a truck. It was more of they made an a, a an electric power truck. Um, even if it looks garbage, that it's supposed to be able to haul things, which is just just astoundingly unheard of. And there's other things that's been going on with tesla too but just the idea that electric cars are now becoming more affordable and they're they're branching out to different uses other than just hey you can commute to work in an electric car but now they're they're slowly starting to build up a bit more use and build up a, bu- a bit more um uh, accessibility and and those are the kids high kids and affordability um and so i'm more of I find it to be very exciting in the sense of I see our future and our future in um, transportation changing. And I think this whole Tesla going from a, a luxury commuting vehicle to something that can actually be used for work is a big shift in that direction.
0: Now, you answered her question as what is the best thing in culture, the most interesting thing in culture. But she was asking pop culture. Oh,
3: well, Elon Musk is pretty pop Elon culture. Elon Musk is pop culture.
4: Yeah, he, he's like a Twitter, like, like, uh, he's like a famous Twitter guy. That's true.
0: The, you know, because of Twitter, the, culture and pop culture are kind of the same thing now.
4: Now, I well, don't like only, Elon Musk. Not only I think,
3: that, everybody on. stop for a second. Not only that, Elon Musk proved he is part of pop culture by showing up on Rick and Morty and changing his Twitter thing to his Rick and Morty character.
4: Yep. Yeah. So he is now Elon Tusk. Yep.
3: He is now Elon <laughs> Tusk and he is definitely part of pop culture.
4: That's amazing. So to me, that's the big thing that that, that was a big pop culture thing. Not so much just because of like, Ooh, that's a big thing, but because of like the astounding, like effect it'll have on our future,
3: which in my opinion is still debatable. As long as our electric companies are powering our electric vehicle and other non-clean resources. so
4: Well, that depends it, on your state. So you can actually it look does. this up. Yeah, it, you can look this up. And so the thing you got to realize, um, and a lot of people need to understand this about electric vehicles, is it's very dependent on your state. So, example, if you live in Montana... Um, driving an electric-powered vehicle is worse for the environment than driving a gas-powered vehicle because they get most of their energy from coal. So if you live in Montana, do not get a Tesla. You're fucking the environment up. But if you live in, like, California, where we have a bit more of a diverse energy, like, spread out, um, then getting an electric-powered vehicle could arguably be better for the environment. Now, this can be argued
0: if you live in Montana, you're okay to have an electric vehicle if you're getting your power from solar because you could have made yourself off the grid in Montana. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. possible.
4: Yes, and that's <sighs> where things get a little weird. And then you also have to weigh the the cost of the materials and the energy output to create the new car. So I think the best thing to do really honestly is if you really want to go green is to either buy a used electric vehicle or buy a used um, – a hybrid vehicle because the material and the energy output to create that is already done. So you can't wipe that away. And buying a used one will reduce the creation of a new one.
0: And there's no point in getting a new hybrid vehicle in 2020 because you can't get the tax
1: credit anymore. And another problem, one of the problems with buying, like, a Prius used, though, is the batteries in those things only last seven to ten years, and then they have to be Yeah, replaced. but you can get a certified used one, and
0: you'd be fine. I
1: mean, you can get I, one with I'm not that saying, many miles on you, it. I, I know, I'm, not, I'm just saying, but after a certain number of years, you have to replace the battery anyway. So yep. if you're looking at something that's, like, five or six years old, remember, you're going to have to spend another three or $4,000 to replace the battery within a year or so.
4: Well, I'm talking strictly if you want to reduce your green footprint. That's it. Just okay. that. I get just that. that. All right. So
0: your question so um Anthony, you're going to be asking David. So what would you like to know about his him in 2019 nerdy wise? Ask me your question,
4: Bridgekeeper. I am not afraid. Uh, I, I I still like the question of what's the nerdiest thing, what oh, thing you did in 2019? I think it's a good question. What is the nerdiest thing you did in 2019?
3: What's your seven, favorite color?
4: Uh blue. No. Yellow
1: and that was a good one uh geez what is it (laughs) look i live a very basic life i go to work i come home i sit in front of my computer most of the time i play video games i go out with my girlfriend and we eat dinner a lot um i don't i do a lot of nerdy things during the week that a lot of people don't so some people that don't do anything nerdy would consider my life extremely nerdy but i consider my life rather relatively uneventful and every day is I do like I play three D and D games every week. I jeez, uh
3: I like watching sporting events. That's my argument to Brian. That was my argument.
1: Yeah. I in the eyes of some of the hardcore gamers and other nerds I know, my life isn't all that nerdy. But to people that are looking from the complete outside looking in, I am the nerd's nerd. So I don't, I, that's a hard question to ask. Uh, Nerdiest thing I did. Well, I mean, I got my fourth, uh, my fourth uh, GM star for Pathfinder Society. Yeah. So that that was neat. Um, Did you actually get it in 2019 or did you get it in 2020? I got it in 2019. I haven't GM'd anything for Society Play in 2020 yet, as it is only the fourth day. (laughs) Uh, I probably won't get another credit for that until February at Strategicon. You got fifty more to go till for for uh, your for well, your um, fifth star. I've already got uh, five special tables under my belt too. So I would love to play at that hundred and fiftieth game. I hope that's oh, possible. That would be amazing.
2: <laughs> you have to come down, and we can all play. We can yeah, we
1: can sign up oh, for that, that one. That would be great. Yeah,
3: I have questions. Okay. My question is: Do your stars expire?
1: No.
0: No, okay. I am still a five-star GM, even though I haven't run Pathfinder Society in years.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've
0: severely. I just want
3: to make sure.
1: I got most of my uh, most of my Pathfinder GMing done in the year and year and a half that my friend Grant and I were running the Long Beach chapter of the L.A. Uh, the Los Angeles uh, uh, Grand Lodge. So yeah, I, I was running one game a week every week for a year and a half there. So I got 50, 60, 70 games down. Do the stars start over for 2nd Edition? I don't know. I I, I honestly don't know. Because did they start over for Starfinder? (laughs) They did. Okay, then yeah, they probably start over for 2nd Edition. Starfinder doesn't have
0: stars, they have Novas. Oh, of course. That makes sense. (laughs)
3: Well, well, my question Mm
4: -hmm. then
3: becomes... So once you're a five-star GM, you're forever a five-star GM for first edition or second edition or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. What happens if they start, as they do, making large changes? Like, shouldn't there be, like, a continuing education thing that you guys have to do?
1: Um, I, well, the large changes would be, like, the new edition, so if you, i'm i'm a four-star pathfinder society gm but the new uh, the new society for second ed is a different thing i don't have any stars in that i've never gm'd a second ed game so it's just it's i the the fact that pathfinder has been around long enough that some of us that even gm only two or three games a year was able to rack up that many it's it's a testament to the game system and how long it's been before they had to do a major overhaul Uh, As far as, like, a re-education thing, I'm not entirely sure what you mean.
3: (laughs) Well, I just mean, like, like anything that you do and are great at, you stop doing it, you know, for a couple years, you're not going to be the best at it again. You know, so if you go to run a table and you say you ran 100 tables and then three years later you go to run another table... You know you're gonna be rusty at what you do, so oh. wouldn't they have something that would you know
1: yeah absolutely um i I get that if you don't use anything, it starts to get dull um but for most people that g m as much as myself or Brian or anybody else really the g m s regularly um those kind of skills it's like riding a bike, you never really forget how. <laughs> It just it takes a it might take a little bit of a jump start to get the juice the creative juices flowing again. But okay, yeah, it's it's. I
3: I think it would be cool instead of like so. Starfinder is a whole another thing. I get right, so I can see why you would have to start over. Yeah, but I don't know why you'd have to start over at second edition. Well, it would just seem like you would have to have some sort of you know education to move over. Second oh, edition no.
1: is vastly different from first edition though it's a completely oh, different that's rule true. set. And I honestly I I've only played second ed a couple of times. I don't know the rules all that well. So I I wouldn't feel comfortable GMing second edition currently because I don't know the rules well enough. And it's I, it's I I understand they're restarting everything for that. It's the same thing as yeah, Starfinder. It's it's a different rule system. There's different stuff that happens, things are happening. It's all in the same universe or it's all in the same family of games, but the the rules themselves are different. And one of the things about being one of the the things about being a GM in society play is you really have to know the rules to be able to accurately handle the curveballs at a table of random players you've never played with before are going to throw at you.
3: Yeah, that's true. Plus, the people that memorizes the rules just so that they can trip you up as their DM, Mm -hmm. which I fucking hate.
1: Oh yeah. Now, one, of, one of my favorite thing one of my favorite way to combat something is you make a call and someone says, Oh, that's not the way it normally works. You look at them and go, Yeah, you're right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, that's, that's a great not... answer. Yep, you're right. Yeah,
1: you're right. Moving that on. isn't the that isn't the way that normally works. Moving on. <laughs> uh okay, uh Brian. Uh Yes. Hmm.
0: Looking at this list of questions going on.
1: Yeah, I know. Hmm. I know. Uh jeez you know what was your favorite nerdy thing to talk about last year oh um all right let's think of the catalog of episodes or just period i mean there were only 26 of them
0: actually no 25 we missed a week didn't we yeah we only missed one um all right let's look at the list i have to derail derail Da, 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 I don't understand da, 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 da. what
3: that has to do with the. Was the question specifically about our podcast? The,
0: the only time I ever talk about anything nerdy is on the podcast.
3: Bullshit. That's
2: bullshit. <laughs> bullshit.
0: <laughs> I got called out on
1: that with her Brad.
0: Um, I think that talking to uh to. Amelia on the episode was probably one of the coolest ones because her perspective was interesting. Um,
3: Yeah, she told me I can't listen to that episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Which I haven't Um, decided that either I'm going to respect her as an individual and not listen to it, or listen to it because I'm her mother and I'm really curious on how that went down. I I heard there was I heard there was some cursing and uh, somebody tried to apologize. And she said I, that her mom does it worse, which I thought was funny.
0: <laughs> there was no cursing from Amelia. She was great. Yes, yeah, she was.
3: No, not from Amelia, from Anthony specifically. Yeah,
0: oh, I, yeah, that was
1: funny. Yeah. I, I, I did yeah, my damnedest to keep things, uh, to keep things uh, uh, safe for radio. <laughs> so
0: Anthony joins the call. And I go, I just want to let you know this episode has Amelia on it. So you need to keep your language controlled as much as possible and don't talk about anything sexual. And Anthony responds by saying, I'm not allowed to motherfucking motherfucking cunting curse. Motherfuck. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why am I fucking? <laughs> and I'm like, Amelia that is, is already on the call. <laughs> that, is, that is not what happened.
4: <laughs> that is not what happened. Lies. Fake news. <laughs> it's not recorded, so you can
0: say it didn't happen all you want. But David and I know what happens.
3: <laughs> yeah, what happens. Amelia told me about it.
4: So. <laughs> yeah, don't go dragging me into this. Fake news. You guys yeah. are the enemy of the people.
3: <laughs> oh. All right. Sorry, Brian. Continue. The uh, Amelia I, episode.
4: That
0: was my most interesting. My favorite episode was um, talking to Clinton Boomer because, holy crap, we got to talk to Clinton Boomer on an episode. Um, yeah, that
1: was great.
3: Maybe I just talked to him a lot. And I was like, oh, hey, Quinn, Which, Uh, by the way, you're the one that introduced me to him. And I chat with him on Facebook all the time.
0: He's a good guy.
3: He is. He's really nice.
0: I used to talk to him on Facebook a lot, but that's calmed down over time. Um, Oh,
3: I talk to him about his kids and his family all the time. Oh, that's
0: cool. Um, You know, 10 months ago, we did the good and the bad and the ugly of tabletop RPGs with fantasy cartographer Adam Meyer. That was a really cool episode. But I think my... My absolute favorite nerdy discussion of the year goes to Odin and I talking about useless superpowers.
1: Oh, that was so that was <laughs> so much fun. I love that episode. I can imagine. Yep, uh, that was who all was on that one? That was you, me, and Odin. I thought it was just yeah. And that that episode was amazing because it was you and me laughing hysterically, then yeah. Odin saying something else funny, and us laughing more. Oh, I have yeah, to David go back to and listen. And to that Odin. One. That's awesome. Oh, it was so good. If you if you listen to one episode of this show at all from last year, it should have been that one.
0: Um, as far as um as far as SoundCloud is concerned, our top episodes um were What Sci-Fi World Do You Wanna Live In, which was two months ago, What is a Nerd, which was two months ago, mm. Nerdy Holiday Traditions, Amelia, <laughs> um, and um star wars surprise really it was 24 days ago huh yeah. um i remember star, star wars, wars surprise? surprise
1: yeah brian and i were supposed to have a guest and the guest flaked on us so we ended up just talking about star wars <laughs> oh
3: okay oh wait yeah i was supposed to be on that one wasn't i
1: yeah you flaked too yep
3: i did not flake i had prior <laughs> engagements Thank you.
1: Yep, there's a word for that. It's called flaking.
3: Uh, no, Ooh. Flaking is when you're like, eh, uh, I said I'd do that thing, yeah, but and I don't really want to do that, that
0: thing. Alita did not flake on us. I know. Had a, I had a I, family I'm just, emergency. I'm just, just giving her a hard time. Alita, if you're listening, we love oh. you. And you're banned for life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gee, oh my oh, gosh. Oh. Damn. Shots fired.
0: Um, Anna. I have a question for you. This is a good mm-hmm. one for you, I think. So in the year 2019, what was your favorite nerdy thing that you learned? Because I know you're constantly learning. What did, what new thing did you learn this, this past year?
2: I think I've learned that I'm starting to get old in a nerdy way, meaning I think that because I've I've changed editions like four or five times in my my from running my my Greyhawk games. Now so I've changed from from first edition AD&D and and through um, and so I'm on like my. F- fifth edition of of D&D or or Pathfinder running the game and now I'm I'm about to switch to PF2 and I realized that I don't want to do this ever again so so now <laughs> I, I I'll be that settled person who will run PF2 no matter how many more editions they will come and in what's funny is we were just
0: discussing base. recently that you're learning D and D fifth edition too. Yes, because you're yeah. running a fifth mm-hmm. edition game coming yeah. up soon.
2: Yeah. And also I've been playing in, in a lot of, of fifth edition games. That's a the the game system I've actually been playing in mostly recently. But yeah. but I PF two is the my favorite from when I want to run my games, I think, and and I, I that that it speaks to me more than than D and D fifth edition.
0: Okay. Out of all the current game systems, I think fifth edition feels m- most like old school.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fifth Edition's is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and, and it, it,
3: I I personally haven't played PF two yet, but I have played fifth, and I really like like it a lot.
4: Well, here's here's what I've heard about them because I haven't played PF two, but I have played Fifth Edition, and I'm curious if this is true. I hear Fifth Edition is very good for role playing, yeah, but not so much the game side of things. Like uh, I hear, like I, like the game side of it is a bit more streamlined. Thus, it's not more of a complex game. While Pathfinder two is a much better game, but maybe the role playing aspects take more of a backseat. Okay, I
0: don't know role playing. Like I said, our last game was second edition, and we played the entire game with one combat that lasted one round.
1: Yeah, it's it's not even that. It, the, the, as far as how much roleplay or everything, the game system itself does not necessarily dictate how much role-play your players are going to do. The role-play is dictated precisely by the GM and the players. If the players are into role-playing a lot, you're going to role-play a lot. If they're not, you're not. It's the simple mechanics of how your table set up. I you're think what ha-
0: happens when you get a new game a new game system is people are more focused on the mechanics than they are on role-playing yeah. learning how to play it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you're going to get that criticism of any new game. And I think that criticism happened for fifth edition when fifth edition was new yes, because people were learning how to play it. Yeah. Okay. So fair. we're not going to get a true review of second until maybe the second or third year. Of second publication. third
4: year. Yeah. When people actually like get the rules and like, yeah, like I'm like, still learning how to do things off it. the top of their head.
0: Yeah. And, and also the Game mastery Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm so- I was just gonna say if you watch YouTube reviews of second edition, a lot of them start with I've only played a few games of this, so I can only tell you what I know from reading the book and playing it a little bit.
4: Mm-hmm. Or I've oh, only run a little review. bit of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's I, not a
4: great yeah, review.
0: I've run also- many I've run quite a few second edition games in this secular group. I haven't done like society where I'm running it for lots of different people. But I can tell you that I'm running it for people who haven't played the game before, and I am and I mean the game. I mean any tabletop RPG, and they're picking it up at the same speed that I've had people pick up Pathfinder or D&D. Yeah. Now, Heather, who is my one experienced player in the group, is leveling up on her own now, and she Ooh. never did that in Pathfinder First Edition.
1: That's awesome. To be fair, though, in the later stages, Pathfinder First Edition got really book-bloaty, so yeah. –
0: yeah, and, but, but I if, I think I find, that was the number one thing she complained about the most. Anna, feel free to yeah. talk now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's yes, okay. Please.
2: It, it, it's it, but I think what is missing is that what most people don't realize is that the Pathfinder 2, in my opinion, is not uh, complete yet because the Game Master Guide is not out. So there's a Correct. whole but the whole vital parts of the rule system that are not published yet, or or that they they even published a few things from. The the upcoming books that are kind of almost necessary to run the game. So it's more like a I, I would say a, a kind of get into get into it right now. And I, I played about ten sessions of PF2 as a player. I haven't run anything yet because it's not. In my opinion, complete because I want the campaign rules, I want the the rules for running kingdoms, and I want to build monsters, organizations, vehicles, a whole bunch of stuff that is in the game master guide. But from even judging from just seeing the, the the list of things that's going to be in there, and talking to a, a bunch of the people that are making the game. I must say that it's more promising than uh, any other game system I've played, and also they they're actually running things or, or like playing things and, and encounters and stuff. It's it's just awesome. Yeah, I
1: just love it. That's that's awesome. I mean, I, I have to say honestly, fifth edition is a lot of fun. I yeah. enjoy it. I'm running. I'm currently running a group of players. They we finished uh, Dragon uh, uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, and they have entered the dungeon of the Mad Mage. And it is our they're they're still on the first level and it has already almost TPK'd them twice. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So we're we're gonna try to run through the rest of these questions so we have a little bit of time at the end of the episode. So Anna, I'd like you to ask a question to Erica, but Erica, keep in mind we're trying to go for time. So answer the question, talk a little bit, and pass another question to Anthony. So Anna, what would you like to ask? Anna, what would you like to ask Erica about? twenty, 20 nineteen. I, uh, I want to ask you,
2: did you live up to your New Year's resolution from 2018, so to speak? Was the year, did you live up to your expectations or the, 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 the standards you set for
0: yourself? That is a fantastic question. That's really good. Erica, good job. Yeah.
3: So I'm going to disappoint you, Anna. Uh, this year is actually the first year I have ever actually set New Year's resolutions.
2: Okay, <laughs> so, so you set them for for yeah for 20, for twenty twenty so to speak. So you didn't have yeah. a, that. That's that's the best answer I've ever heard. Meaning, don't set up stupid resolutions that you you're bound to break, so to speak. That's, so, yeah. That, that, so yeah.
3: So yeah. So that's my um. Mm-hmm. That yeah. So that's always been my theory. Is I don't want to mm-hmm. like. Yep. I am a internal perfectional perfectionist. So, um, I tell people all the time, I'm not competitive because I'm not competitive against other people. I'm competitive against myself. And so for me, there's a strong internal drive. So if I tell myself I'm going to do something, I'm just going to do it. It doesn't matter if it's January 1st or it's June 32nd or 32nd, 31st or 30th. Oh my God. I don't even know how many days in June there are. Anyway, <laughs> so I yeah. I do that to myself. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is. If if an opportunity comes to me and I go, yes, I want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. But anytime I say yes to something, and Brian can attest to this, I, I throw 100% at it. And so there's only so many things in your world you can throw 100% at. So when they started this podcast and I wasn't a part of it and I was listening to it and I was making comments and I was telling Brian when he was wrong and when <laughs> and stuff like that. And he goes, why don't you just join us then? Um, I threw myself into it and I started scheduling stuff and trying to find guests and, and finding my place in the podcast. Um This last year, I overloaded myself big time. I, um, I just stretched myself way too thin. I took on, uh, writing for an online publication. Um, I was trying to do the podcast, being a mother, being really great at my job. Um, other, other projects that I agreed to do with other people, And I don't ever feel that if I, if I can't give you a hundred percent in the time that I've set aside for you, then I shouldn't be doing it because I don't like to half-ass anything. So the reason this year I actually made a resolution was because I am part of all these things that I really want to do and I need to be able to do them not as an internal stressor to be great at it, but to do them to the best of my ability without adding additional stress. So to answer your question, I had no resolution. I do have one this year, but I was able to do so many things and take on so many things last year that I never thought that I'd get to do. Like, I never thought any article I ever wrote would start trending on Google. Like I never thought that was a thing. And then it happened. And I never thought that I would get invited to be on other podcasts um, with other people. And I did. And, and so I really want to temper and build out what I started last year. So for me, it's just morphing over. So I hope that answers it and not in a bad way.
2: I, I think it's it's fantastic. And I also really applaud you for being able to not fall into the trap of setting goals that are difficult to live up to and, and will ruin your experience for 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 a long time before, because that's one of my problems is that I like to to plan things and that as a way of, of kind of forcing myself to do it.
3: Yeah, yeah. And but I I'm, think you doing great. Way. Yeah.
2: Yep, I think yeah, I think you're doing great. That that managed to stay out of the too many New Year's resolutions.
4: Yeah, that's a that's a good answer. I like that. That answer. is awesome.
1: That's a good yep. answer. Yep.
3: <laughs> so uh, I guess I'm running it over to Anthony. Anthony, I want to know what is it that you wanted to do last year that you didn't get to do, and are you going to make a point to do it this year? Which okay. is not on the list, but I'm going to throw it at you.
4: Yeah. No, that's fine. Okay, so this is one of those things that, like, I didn't realize I wanted to do until recently, and now I'm regretting that I didn't do it. So everybody knows uh, one of my many hobbies, because I have way too many, is uh, is ant keeping. And uh, two years ago, I tried to keep leafcutter ants that are native to California. Please do not keep ants that are native to your area. It could really fuck up the environment, people. Um, but these ones are native to Southern California and uh it 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 didn't work out sadly all all the queens passed away um and i wanted to try again and uh, i sadly by the time i realized i wanted to try again i had just missed the like nuptial flights for the queens to mate and have babies so now i have to wait until basically july which now is six months away but when i first realized i wanted to do it it was a year away um and so I want to try it this year. I, I am currently actually in the process of making a whole setup that will hopefully be able to keep leafcutter ants alive and and happy and working and functioning. Um, and since I have all this time ahead of time, I've basically been experimenting and working on making this setup Um So that when I actually go to catch these ants, uh, I will hopefully have something prepared and ready for them. Uh, If you're curious about what the setup is, it's basically going to be two display boxes stacked on top of each other. One on top will be the nesting area. And the case at the bottom will have is basically a water reservoir with an aquarium heater and an air stone pumping the air vapors up to keep the case above, which is the nesting area, very humid and very warm so that the fungus that the ants eat will stay alive
3: that's really cool i mean i don't like ants in particular especially because they bite me but uh i think that it's cool that you know so much about ants that you're that you can create an environment like that for them
4: Uh, For those wondering why are leaf cutters so difficult, because I'm sure that question will come up, it's not the ants. The ants themselves are pretty easy to take care of, it's their fungus that they eat. See, leaf cutters go cut leaves, they put the leaves on the fungus, and the fungus grows and they eat the fungus. The ants cannot live without this fungus because they've evolved to only survive by eating this fungus. And the fungus is really hard to take care of. It needs to have super high humidity. We're talking 80%, you want as close to 100% as possible. And it needs to be exactly, like, room temperature, so 75 to 78 degrees, like, all the time. I they have questions
3: do- now. There's no humidity in California. How are these things, like, explain this to me. How, is, how are you able to keep humidity like that? Oh boy. How are they, <laughs> in a <laughs> they're, natural environment, they're able so- to do that?
4: Oh, and it gets even crazier because the ones that are native to California are desert-dwelling leaf-cutter ants. They live in the desert. They don't live, like, in, like, the mountain areas of California. They dig really deep into the ground where the the um, the soil is more moist, and I mean they dig mm-hmm. super deep. They'll go really deep, and then they also so like to go, the
3: water table. Uh, uh,
4: maybe above that, but that's where okay. they go. They go pretty deep, so mm. uh, into moister sand, um, moisture soil, and then they will also go and they'll find plants that are moist, like a bit more um like. And then, you know, plants are a bit more moist or so like like maybe cactus or fruits and they'll bring that to the fungus. And when those break down, the, the liquid in the plant will obviously disperse out and that'll also increase the humidity levels.
3: Wow. Yeah, that's really cool.
4: They are crazy smart. <laughs> <laughs> And and other fun fact about ants. Um, despite the the common name of the queen ant, queens do not tell all the other ants what to do. Ants make decisions democratically.
3: I'd love to know how we know that, but I don't think we have enough time. Brian will yell at later. us.
4: I'll explain it later. Uh, <laughs> Brian, uh, no, not Brian. I'm sorry, David Theobald, the third. Um. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> oh, that's no. A funny one. No. What? <laughs> was your favorite month well obviously
1: august because it's when my birthday is
4: boom uh, yeah yeah hey uh brian uh
1: what's uh <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was an easy answer
1: yeah hey brian uh what uh did you make any uh, nerdy new year's resolutions
0: brian I had taken my New Year's resolution from 2018, and I continued to do it in 2019. It was specifically done on purpose, was to continue to read more. Mm. I went from reading um, one new book a month to reading three. Nice. So – yeah, I, I've been blowing through books like crazy. It would get derailed because I'd get in a series and I'd blow through the series and then I'd get to the end and be like, OK, let's start something new. Don't like this. Let's start something else new. Don't like this. OK, let's start something else new. Don't like this. And then I would find something and read it and finish it way too fast. I read nine books in three weeks. Wow. That's yeah. Enough. Yeah. What? Yeah. The, um, the Iron yeah. Druids yeah I was going to say you
1: ate through quick. the Iron Druid pretty quick. <laughs> The Iron
0: Druids. I just I'm I, I found a short story in it that I hadn't read, so I'm reading that right now.
4: Nice. I only read with air quotes like two books the whole year. <laughs> um I started Oh reading, man. I started reading the
0: um Dresden Files comics because they're on Kindle Unlimited for free. Oh nice. Um
3: there's Oh, are you talking about the graphic novels? Yeah. Oh, I bought all of them this year.
0: Yeah, the wrong kids. love it for free.
3: Well, that's super good to flipping know. <laughs> um, it was I, like it was like two hundred and eighty dollars to get all of them.
0: <laughs> I also started. Yeah, and, and you can pay fifteen bucks a month for one month, download them all, and then have them forever.
3: Yeah. Well, thanks for the information. Now.
0: <laughs> well, they're digital only. I mean, you bought them physically, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's different. You have a physical copy.
3: Yeah, which can burn in a fire, or you could have a digital copy and have it anywhere.
0: Okay. Um, speaking of digital. Um,
3: oh, 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 wait, wait. Speaking of reading.
0: This, well, this is related to reading, too. All right.
3: If you want but me to wait on Speaking of
0: digital, way. I got to talking to the digital dragon himself recently. Um,
3: oh, my dad? Is,
0: yes. Um, who is sharing with me Warlord comics. His introduction to fantasy, the DC Warlord comics, and I am loving that. And he has been sending me tons of book recommendations and gave me access to Audible this year. So in addition to reading, I've been listening. Hold on a second. No biting. Um, Archie was playing tug of Don't war. with not yell my... at
3: Heather like that. I uh, want to bite.
0: <laughs> Archie <laughs> was playing tug of war with my index finger. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's... Erica. Reading my um oh, yeah. my twenty twenty New Year's resolution is to take a thousand photos a month. And I started that yesterday. I went to the park and took pictures.
2: That's that is cool. a good one. Yep,
0: that's a good one. Yep. Um and that is the end of our topic.
4: Um
3: No, I have one more thing to tell you.
4: No. No, we're done, Erica. Bye. <laughs>
0: oh. Go ahead, no. Erica, make it quick.
3: All right. I was just gonna say, if you haven't read We Are Bob series yet, you need to read it.
0: It sounds familiar. What is that?
3: It's a sci-fi series called We Are Bob, and it's probably one of the best series I've read all year. Okay.
0: For anyone who's wondering, I have been continuing my physical graphic novel collection. I'm still reading Birthright. I'm reading um, Die now, too, which is about people getting sucked into a role-playing game. So there, there is still some comic reading. My, I have... I have toned down on my comic rating a lot because when I was single, I was allowed to spend hundreds of dollars on it. And now I'm not. Yeah. We are Legion. We are Bob. Mhm. Interesting.
3: It's really good. Stop. Talking on my
0: I am sorry. The new dog has created new dynamic podcast situations of, of him trying to get my attention. I had my hands. You didn't
3: put on headphones time. on him so he could hear everybody. Yeah, no, mm-hmm.
0: I need to do that. That's the new plan. Yeah, I, I had my hand dangling next to my chair and he was grabbing my fingers and pulling them, trying to be like, no, get attention, play, play, attention. Uh, he doesn't like being locked in the room, but I can't I can't trust him to wander around the apartment because he will find something to get into. He ripped open a silica packet yesterday and that oh was no. scary. as hell.
4: Ooh, oh, no, that's not good.
0: I looked up there's a pet poison website and they said if he swallows silica, it's not going to hurt him said that they're they're generally non toxic and they don't they enlarge in their stomach or any of the myths that we've all heard. But he didn't read the packet that says do not eat. He did not. Oh. I know I'm so disappointed. We're gonna have to work on that in our training.
3: So Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say, I mean, you should probably put them in puppy preschool if you can't read yet. So as so as of twenty twenty
0: now, we're gonna be ending every episode talking about so listeners, you probably know this podcast as a Podcast where we talk about pop culture and comics and TV and gaming and blah, 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 blah. Um, we just talk about nerdy stuff. What you may not know, unless you're a hardcore listener who has dug deep into every episode, that we are in possession of an extra dimensional portal. Dun, dun, dun. It has been vaguely referenced. Um, I think. We haven't really talked about like how we got it or anything like that. I mean, we obviously built it.
1: You don't need to bore them with the engineering details. Yeah, yeah.
0: we, you know, we built, it. you know, like it didn't fall off a space truck. Look, you, you, if, you, if you're not thinking six dimensionally, you're not going to be able to understand the plans. So we are in possession of an extra-dimensional portal. It is a dome-shaped device that allows us to travel to any place in pop culture or time and space. Um, it's sort of like the TARDIS, um, but not as good. Um, it's probably better, but, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't pull on Doctor Who like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I was going to say, instead of the Doctor, it's, you know, us. Yes, yeah. So that's <laughs> not as good. I mean, we're much less responsible. Um, so, you know, normally I would talk about some of the things we've discovered through the extra dimensional portal. But, you know, we are privileged to have our extra dimensional traveler on this episode today. So, um, just for old time's sake, Anthony, where the hell are you?
4: Um, I'm sitting in alternate universe America. Okay. Yeah. Which one is this the one where uh, things that are red or blue, or, or is this
0: something more significant?
4: No, this is the alternate universe where um basically roles were switched so so America does not have a patriarchy they have a matriarchy so it's an unbelievable utopia How
3: is that e-topia? kinky, David <laughs>
4: Uh David <laughs> just so that? you know just so you know just so you know in what? matriarch America that would get you arrested
1: eh, I I I I live dangerously <laughs> <laughs> So what is
0: significantly nerdy about, like, what, what's popular in pop culture? And I mean, we could talk about the social political ratifications of this universe all we want, but, you know, this is a nerd podcast. So what's popular in pop culture in matriarchy America? Uh, wait a minute. I'm being waved down. Well, you know, what's surprising? I've done a little research into matriarchy America. And you know, what's what's funny is there's a controversy going on in matriarchy mem- America where. People have gotten really upset that the new Star Wars
4: movie has a male lead. Uh, That's that's a big one. That's (laughs) for sure. Um, And they think that he's just a really lame Mary Sue. Like, how in the world could he have, like, learned to train with him? You mean Bobby Lou? You know, yeah, well, no, they wonder how he was able to train so well with a lightsaber in such a short amount of time, and, like, how does he know so much about the Force? It, I mean, even though the the main character in the original series, she was able to learn to train with the lightsaber and, and, and the Force, like, in in record time also but they kind of just it
3: was years
4: yeah they just ignore that and they're just like uh well this new guy he he does it so fast and and he's obviously a mary sue because he's a boy and uh you know forced diversity and all that you you mean bobby lou
0: because you know matriarchy so it wouldn't be mary sue it'd be bobby oh lou. they still say mary sue actually they still say mary
4: yeah, sue. they still say mary sue. Oh, this place is weird all yeah. right
3: well, because like I don't Mary think <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means. So, anyways,
4: <laughs> are, you, are you talking to me or Brian?
3: Yeah, I'm fucking talking to you. I, I
4: I think I know what Mary Sue means.
3: No, I know you know what Mary Sue means in our America, but in a matriarch America, it would not mean the same thing.
4: Well, I think Mary they, Sue. They wouldn't use it any in any the any
3: same gender. context. That's well, I think your, Mary Sue applies to it clearly Erica, you, doesn't. Can
0: argue, you can argue with it all you want, but Anthony is actually there in that <laughs> alternate universe. Yeah.
4: You know what? Let's wreck on it. Bobby Sue. Okay. Or Bobby Lou. Okay. Is that better? There we we're, go. We're not going to have an aneurysm now. Well,
0: Bobby Sue is also technically a female
4: name. Oh, for fuck's sake.
3: <laughs>
4: <sighs> um. I, I think the most popular thing is um, people really liked Ghostbusters. The all-female cast of Ghostbusters, obviously. Um, there was an attempt to make an all-male Ghostbusters, but that got shut down pretty quick. Actually, yeah, they. they yeah, I heard. Really I heard
1: it just wasn't funny.
4: Yeah, it just wasn't that great. Uh, <laughs> but more or less, I, I'd say like culturally, it's 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 kind of the same. Not
0: not well, not not a lot changed. Yeah, they. I mean. They still have they still have a president that everyone's not happy with. Who was that president, Anthony? Um,
4: Hillary. <laughs> Hillary Duff. Wait, <laughs> Wait what? <laughs> oh, no. no, no, no. Vanna White. There, oh, we, go. there we go. Vanna there we White. Vanna a White. Because obviously, celebrity. yeah, yeah. A game show host became president still. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think Vanna White's that crazy, I think I think you'd probably be better with a God damn it, what's her name? Fuck. Sarah Palin. <laughs> no, um, Miley Cyrus. That seems like that's more apt.
4: Well, I, I, I went with the game show host connection, not the not the oh. crazy connection. No, you didn't go with anything. I mean, remember you're actually there. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is not at yeah, all. Yeah, it's joke. like,
3: stop it. Jesus. <laughs> oh, I like you, Anna. I like you so much.
2: Okay. That's mutual, but I, I the problem is that since um, I'm a, a, a immigrant woman, bisexual, liberal, that means that I'm so much part of the establishment in an alternate matriarchy, alt alternate reality that I can't say anything on anything because I I, I will be shut up. I'm, I'm the boomer type in, in that, scene. so I can't yeah I can't say anything. Okay, Karen. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, and I love you. You're the best. Oh,
3: <laughs> Thank yes. you. Oh, my God.
4: Sweet Jesus. All right.
3: All right, Brian, take us out.
0: Yeah. All bring right. Bring us back. So, <laughs> this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. We had a fantastic episode today. I love the new feature where everybody changes the question each time. I think that might be the new rule for 2020. I, I like think we it. might be doing that from now on. I All It was right. it. It made everybody think a little harder, which made the answers a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. I So if you're a listener and you approve or don't approve, please leave comments in some form of commenting forum on whatever you're listening to or Facebook yes, or please. something. We, we, we have Our given you a us. lot of options. Um, and um, you can tweet us at the tweets that are there that we have. And... Um, or you can support us on Patreon, too, which is a thing. And we're going to record the shortest Patreon episode we have ever recorded for the podcast because we went really long today. So well, we uh,
1: started late, too. So.
3: Yeah, yes. and we didn't go very long. It's 1 o'clock. It normally takes us two hours anyway.
0: So um, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. I've been Super Vegan Brian. I was joined by, um, where well, is my order? <laughs> You're uh, out of order. Joined-
3: Bye, guys. I
0: Bye. was joined by um, Kirsi Smarferka.
3: Bye.
0: Hindu Anthony. Bye, everyone. Jay. Love you. And... Uh, goodbye, nurse. Paul the third. And our very special guest, fantasy cartographer Adam Meyer.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: This has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay
1: awesome. Hey, uh, uh, An- Anthony, say goodbye. Brian, cut him off. Goodbye.